the king of all kings, the king of the universe, has given us an invitation to sit on the front row, center stage, and watch what he is doing, where he loves, he touches, and he changes people's lives. This is The Unseen Story, first-hand accounts that reveal the supernatural reality of God's love. When His love leads, a remarkable story follows. You're listening to part one of Keith's story, A Friend of Jesus. The Unseen Story is a nonprofit that relies on financial support from listeners like you. Please visit our website, theunseenstory.org, to find out how you can partner with us today. I tell people my testimony in one one short sentence is I was a Christian for 20 years, and then I met Jesus. I, I loved him before because it was right, because I wanted him to bless me, because I wanted to go to heaven, but I was the center of that story all the way through, but when I when I fell in love with Jesus, he's worthy. He's beautiful. He's wonderful. I, I want to go anywhere. I want to do anything. I just, I want to live my life to put a smile on his face. And in 1985, I was uh, going to seminary, and honestly, I, I didn't know that it was seminary until about three days in, and I turned to the guy next to me, and I said, this is just like seminary. And he looked at me and said, boy, where do you think you are? Um, I tried to leave, um, but but God wanted me there because we had to write a paper on who is the Holy Spirit. But I, I had a lot of different denominational backgrounds. Some said the, the era, the dispensation of the Holy Spirit had passed, the dispensation of miracles had passed. Others said you, you have to speak in tongues so many syllables per second and so many decibels loud. And uh, I wanted to know. And, and so it was a wonderful paper for me to write. And I came away with, with two very clear things for me. One was Jesus said, he, speaking of the Holy Spirit, shall glorify me. All the arguments for or against, arguing never honors Jesus. We're just to lift him up. But I saw where Jesus very clearly said in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, he said that you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you shall, and he didn't say anything about whether or not we would exercise different gifts. He said, you shall be my witnesses, beginning right where you are, Jerusalem, Judea and Samaria, the uttermost parts of the earth. And then I read over in Luke chapter 4 where Jesus said, and he opens the scroll in the in the synagogue in Nazareth. He says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me for he's anointed me too. And again, he didn't say anything about all the things that everyone argued about. He's anointed me to preach good news. All that really created a crisis in, in my heart because I really never had told anybody about Jesus. I'd gone through a, an evangelism explosion class because that was part of a church thing that you did. But the, the problem with that is I would memorize what I was supposed to say. And then if they didn't say the right thing, then, uh, then I would get lost. And so I, I'm really shy. I'm a, I'm a hillbilly boy from Arkansas. 
And I wanted my wife to be a witness, but to actually tell somebody about Jesus, that was a different story. I remember laying down in, in my dormitory room on my face. I'm just crying out, more, Lord, more. God, I need more of you. And I felt like, and, and, and please hear me, I'm, I'm going to say I feel like God spoke to me. I, you know, maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> I, I maybe have missed God. I really felt like it was like fire in my, in my heart, like somebody took a firebrand in my heart. So I'm crying out, more, Lord, more, Lord. And I felt like God said, be quiet and listen to me. I'm not a stock. I'm not a commodity. You can't buy or sell or trade me. I'm not a part. I'm not a parcel. I'm not a portion. I'm all I ever was. I'm all I ever will be. I'm all that I am. And when I came to live with you, all I ever was, all I ever will be, all that I am, everything I am came to live with you. The question is not you getting more of me. It's me getting all of you. I just said, okay, as best as I know how, Jesus, I keep you everything. And I, I didn't feel different. I didn't look different. And I made a commitment. I'm going to go tell somebody about Jesus. And again, I really didn't know how to do it or even where to start. I thought, where, where are lost people? I'd always been told to stay away from the bars. And so, okay, maybe that's where God wants me to go is to bars and the nightclubs. So I got my Ryrie study Bible. I got my gospel tracks, their little cartoon tracks. That was the best they had in those days. I showed up at the bar at 8 o'clock. And honestly, I thought, man, Tulsa is really a Christian town because nobody was in the bar at that time. Uh, they started backsliding a little bit by 10 o'clock and by midnight they really backslidden because the place was full but at 8 o'clock no one was there and again I just never had been to a bar before but I hadn't told anybody about Jesus until 2 o'clock the bars closed I still hadn't told anybody I never had been awake that late in my life um, I looked I looked higher drunker than any of the, the people coming out of those places because the cigarette smoke was burning my eyes. I was up late. My eyes were red and swollen, and uh, I, I looked like a glazed donut. Finally, 3 o'clock in the morning, all the cars are gone except two or three, and I just prayed, Jesus, if you want me to talk to someone, bring them around the corner in the next five minutes, or I'm going home. In your name I pray, amen, before I could say amen. Someone came around the corner. And remember, I'm running on adrenaline. It's late. I'm afraid. I've never done this before. I jumped in this guy's face, not regarding his personal space, holding up my Ryrie study Bible with my gospel cartoon tracks and my eyes all swollen and red. And it's, it's, if you die right now, you're not sure if you don't have a cheese diet across your blood. was again, why praise the Lord, my good safe. And I can't repeat to you what he said, but it wasn't very nice. And then he spat on my shoes. And I knew I was a failure. I missed God. So I went and got in my car, put the key in the ignition, and I was backed up against the building. As I turned on the car, a big black SUV, big truck, jacked up high wheels, stopped in front of my car. Tinted window came down, and 
It was the same guy. Rolled down his window. Said, you really meant what you were talking about back there, didn't you? And I just, I nodded, yes, sir. And he said, could we talk? And he got down out of his truck and we sat there and we talked until the sun came up. And I'd like to tell you that his life was changed. And I really believe that it was. I can tell you for sure whose life was changed. It was mine. Because in that moment, I saw that those people in those bars and those nightclubs, the people standing on the street corner with their little signs or sleeping under the bridges or those people over the seas and their, their different places of worship, places of war in the jungles, or maybe even the person in the, in the bank in the high rise in town or the person on the other side of the fence in my neighborhood. They're not monsters to be feared and creatures to run from but they're kidnapped royalty. Men and women created to be sons and daughters of the king, of all kings. And so I started going on a regular basis. I, I started a shuttle service for people too drunk to drive home. And I think I might've been the original Uber. And uh, it was it was nice for the, for the bouncers. I'm taking away a problem. I started going on Saturday and Sunday afternoons volunteering to clean the toilets uh, for free. And the owners would ask me why, and I said, well, Jesus washed people's feet. So before long, they started trusting me, and they had me coming in this places. And before long, they let me come table to table, and shortly after that, they would have me speak sometimes as they would close or at least say a prayer. And... Uh, and eventually they even let me speak between band sets sometimes. And I started seeing a world that I never had seen. Uh, a world of, of pain and brokenness and confusion and fear. And people trying to reach for something to cover up the pain that was in their life. And, and so uh, I never had been around alcoholism. I never had been around drug use, abuse, misuse. I never had been around prostitution or gangs or even homelessness. And I just seasoned the prayer, Jesus, just speak to me. I want to reach these people. And I felt like he said, son, I want you to make a 12 foot wooden cross and begin walking through the streets of your city on Good Friday. <laughs> that is the dumbest idea I ever had. It's just plain silly. And, you know, I, I rebuked the thought, rebuked the devil, thought that's the last time I'm eating fruity pebbles and, and pizza. It has to be indigestion. And I prayed again, Lord, I, I'm listening. Your servant is listening. Speak. And, and it's just, it, I could describe it. It was like fire. It was like someone took a firebrand to my heart and, and just, Branded these words, I want you to make a 12-foot wooden cross and start walking through the streets of Tulsa on Good Friday. And, and again, I'm just thinking, man, I need to open the window, get some fresh air. God wouldn't call me to do this. And a third time, this time I prayed, Lord, you've got somebody carrying a cross. There was a, a guy at my local Walmart, and he had a, you know, like a toga, kind of like Jesus would wear in a pretend crown of thorns. He had his van with scriptures painted on the side. He had a bullhorn. I 
said, Lord, I, I don't want to be like someone else. I want to be just like you. I felt like Jesus said, son, that's the most religious excuse you could ever give me. Anyone can die on a cross. Two thieves died on either side of me. But only one could die for the sins of the world. And I did it because of love. And I want you to take that cross and identify my message of love in the highways and the roadsides of this world where, there, where there's no churches, where there are no meetings, where there are no conferences. I don't ever want it to be a symbol of protest. I just want you to lift me up and I will draw all men to myself. I thought, well, that sounds like what you would say, God, but could you give me a sign? And I promise, I, I did not tell anybody no friends, no family. And this is the day the telephones were on the walls and the telephone rang. And I answered, and it was a friend, an acquaintance. And he said, Keith, this is the strangest thing, but I feel like you and I are supposed to make a large wooden cross and start carrying it through the streets of Tulsa on Good Friday. And I prayed, Lord, that was pretty good. But could you give me one more sign? I'd like to tell you that my walk has been one of great faith. But truly, it's been one of God's great mercy and grace. I went to class the next day. And the professor went to the preaching class, homiletics class. And the professor, who was going alphabetical, and we were in the M's like Martin, Miller, Matthews, Miranda, I'm Wheeler, W. But he said, Keith, I really feel that you're supposed to speak next week, which would be the Wednesday, two days before Good Friday, Ash Wednesday. He said, and normally we would select the text, but he said, I feel like strongly that you're supposed to speak from Mark chapter 8, verse 34. And I looked it up and it said, if any man wishes to come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. And so, by the grace of God, I began on Good Friday, 1985, this journey that only Jesus could have done this. I've now carried the cross more than 25,000 miles in over... 200 different nations on all seven continents. It's been through more than 40 nations at war and regions of conflict. Jesus did it all. And I say Jesus is worthy of everything. It's not been a sacrifice. It has been a privilege. It's been an invitation. It, it, people pay thousands of dollars to sit on the front row of, of a sporting event or a, a musical event, center stage and, and the king of all kings, the king of the universe has given us an invitation to sit on the front row, center stage and watch what he's doing where he loves, he touches and he changes people's lives. Be sure to come back Friday for the rest of the story. We encourage you to ask Holy Spirit what He wants to say to you through this story.
we invite you to partner with us through your God-given resources of time, prayer, and finances. Without your sharing, these stories don't spread to those who need them. Without your prayers, we are limited in what we can do for the kingdom. Without your finances, these powerful stories of God's supernatural love go untold. God has called us to share his stories, and we invite you to be a part of that mission. For more information, be sure to check out our website at theunseenstory.org.